HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, a co-working and event space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday from, you know, like, you know, whatever. I don't even know anymore. So roughly 1 p.m. from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Happy New Year, people. It's our first one of the New Year, and we didn't do one after the Christmas, did we, Matt? No, man. It's been a while. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. How, how you been? Did you have any good food over the uh, over the break? Uh, yes. I've been cooking a lot, actually. Oh, yeah? Yes. All right, well, but like what? Oh, boy. Um, well, like right now, I'm mush. Nastasi's um... <laughs> got her here-we-go face. Oh, what? 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 <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I'll keep it short. I got this uh, coconut curry chickpea sweet potato thing that I'm eating right now that I made myself at home. Yeah. Yes. All right. And so, like, uh, how did you like, coconut milk? Base? Yeah, yeah. 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 And did you? Uh, what coconut milk did you use? Oh boy, um, some organic hippy dippy shit from the Park Slope Food Co-op. Uh, okay, I've never been to the Park Slope Food Co-op. I hear You're it's fantastic. Not allowed to go unless you work there. That's right. We don't let you in. I know, but I hear it's I hear it's fantastic. It's somewhat cultish. So you're a member of the cult. I have a high tolerance for bureaucracy, so yes, I'm a member of the, the cult with all the paperwork. So for those of you that don't know about this Park Slope food co-op thing, it you are not allowed to shop there unless you work, what is it, like four hours a month or f- five hours a month? What is it? Uh, two hours, 45 minutes every four weeks. Oh, so it's not that much. But if you don't work, you're not allowed to eat it. And, and you are not allowed, let's say you have a roommate, I swear to God, what I'm yes. about to tell you is true. There's a documentary on this place. If you have a roommate, your roommate is not allowed to eat your food. What? Yes. Well, really, the rule is supposed to be that the roommate is also supposed to join. Yeah. Yeah, but that seems like, like it, it's taking it from like not exploiting someone else to being coercive. Like just because you happen to be my roommate, what if I hate you? Like it's like it's not like you like roommates 100% yeah, yeah. of the time. And you assume you don't share food with them and then there's no problem. Yeah, I don't know. People steal food all the time. So, so literally... I have a roommate now. 
What? I think the room the roommate is allowed to steal from you just as much if you are a co-op member or not. You're, they're not really supposed to be stealing from you. You're also not supposed to regularly like cook for friends and parties and stuff like that, right? No one has that is not written down or said ever. No. You're a member of a cult, a delicious, tasty cult. Now, the other thing is, though, is apparently the prices are very low and the quality is very high. Yeah, the margins, I think it's like 40% across the... Whatever it is, it's everything, everything, same margin. Yeah, and uh, what, I've, what I've been told, because uh, my uh, partner at the bar, Don, is a member, is that, um, is that if they, they want to find uh, like high quality and the lowest price they can, and if they can't, they'll give you a quality and a price-conscious choice. True? Uh, that seems to be true. Best mm. I can tell. All right, cult member. Nice. Uh, anyway, uh, Andy Ricker has always told me, and it's true after many tests, that you should go through the trouble of making your own coconut milk once or twice. The problem is most of the coconuts we get here in New York are garbage anyway, but make, go through making your own coconut milk once or twice just to see what the difference is, and then do what we all do, which is go buy the canned stuff because yeah. your life's only so long. You know what I mean? Uh, I've never tried it. What was it? You should try it. It's good. Anastasia, what was the, uh, was it someone said, why is life so long? Why is, why is it taking so long? Was that, they said that to us? No. Oh, it was amazing. So Anastasia will enjoy this before we get into the cooking related questions. Uh, Can you talk about what our, menu, what our guy in China said to you the other day? Which one? Chris, when you were talking about all the stuff that we needed to get done, and then at the end of the conversation, what he said. Oh, he said, go. Nastasi <laughs> <laughs> and I are holding on for dear life. Speaking of which, uh, in the next week and a half, they're going to be making the second batch of Spinzols. So we should be back in stock in about a month and a half or something like this on Amazon. <clears throat> and I'll say this, by the way, you know, in case you don't know, Spinzols, Centrifuge, blah, blah, blah. The new round is basically the same as the old one, but... The new lids, we got rid of most of the silicone parts that fall off, and the new lids have a plug in it so that if you jerks out there who own one, put it together wet with a little bit of sugar on the shaft. Ooh, ooh, Jesus. Uh, But if you put it together that way and it freezes itself shut, in the old old days, you would have to, like, rattle the hell out of your lid uh, and, you know, possibly break the bearing. Now you can just pull the plug and irrigate the bearing with uh, water until it breaks itself free. So if you break your old lid, new lids that ship that way, which we'll have in a month and a half, we'll ship with that, just an FYI. Okay, um, tell the story. Oh, so like, you know, Nastasia and I are holding on for dear life in terms of our business. And, uh, you know, we think every, every year we're like, this year we'll make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're like, and like, we're close actually. Yeah. If this next project goes through, we're closed. But, you know, when you're building something, uh, especially when you're building it overseas, because you're not there beating on people every day and you have to rely on people, things take uh, exponentially, geometrically longer than you'd think they would. You know what I mean? And so it's taking forever. And so at the end of this conversation where I'm realizing that I thought the spinzols were going to be showing up this month. In fact, they're shipping at the end of this month, right? Yeah. So that's another month down the toilet, uh, you know, and like things are taking forever. He, he, my, you know, my guy, Chris in China goes, uh, so uh, you want to talk about uh, making uh, wine Santas? Yes. Yes. And I was like, damn it, no! <laughs> I, was like, that's the last, I was like, that's the last thing on earth that I want to talk about right now. Well, he's just been getting so many calls from potential customers, you know? Uh, you know what? You know, for as much guff as Nastasia gives everyone that we work with, I'm pretty sure she called him no. beforehand and was like, yo, 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 troll Dave. Troll Dave. No. 
I'm pretty sure people, for those of you that have seen BoJack Horseman, except oh, for the God. except for the being a TV star and a horse and a guy and living in Los Angeles, I'm pretty sure Nastasia is BoJack Horseman. You've already said this. Not to the people out there yes, on the. No, I said it to Don. No, you, there was an episode called. Called Bojack. True, we did have an Bojack episode Lopez. called Bojack Lopez and the. Yeah, oh well, God, she's true. Oh my God, and they—they—that's uh, a good show. Anyway, so back to this thing. So we, for those of you that know Nastasia and I, we talked about this before. We have this kind of touch me moment thing where we're walking through yes, the stage. Yes, told us too. Uh, well, something happened today, so if you could shut your yap. Um. So like we're, uh, we're we're. I'm going in the subway, and the subway, for those of you know, like, there's a lot of us here in, especially in Manhattan, we're cramped into these tiny things. Delancey Street, near where I live and I have to come to this radio program from, is like, a, it's like, you you can't, it, it's built for people, by people that hate people. Like, you can't just leave the platform and go out, like, into the world. You have to go down and up and down and up. And the trains show up, and everyone funnels into this tiny staircase, and like goes down and I'm trying to fight my way up now it's a long staircase so you can't see whether there's still a train there or not you just know a bunch of people are getting off so there's a chance that you're gonna make that train right and plus PS this is where we see whether people were raised properly right you gotta leave a slot for people going in the other direction same way when the doors of the subway open up let me the freak off the train before you muscle your way in so anyway this guy is taking up and, and by the way, this is America, where we drive on the right-hand side of the road. So when you're walking up a staircase, you walk up on the right, right? If you have a choice, right? Strange. For those of you that come to New York for the first time, it, you walk up on the right so that it's like being, driving on a road. But paradoxically, if you were going to stand on an escalator, move to the right to stand. Now, this may be unclear to you. But that's the equivalent of a slow lane on a multi-lane highway. That's why. When you're on an escalator, there's no such thing as a single file escalator in New York. You do not own your whole step of the escalator, people. You do not sit there and have a conversation with your cow-like companions looking at each other, chewing your cud on the freaking escalator up. You move to the right if you are standing and you allow humans who have better things to do to walk past you on the left. This is how life works. Anyway, so I'm on the stairway and I'm going up the right side and I'm, by the way, Nastasia, you know me, you know me, I'm all about, as much as I hate, I'm all about the like, you know, the modicum of etiquette that it requires to get by in this city, right? So I'm skimming the right-hand side, like, you know, filthying myself against the spit and puke that's on the side of the, of the stairway. And I make it, I'm squeezing up, and then I see Gigantor coming down in my slot. This guy has a good, like, you know, six inches on me and is built like an upside-down pyramid, right? And is in his mid-20s. And so he's not moving. And I'm like, you know, buddy, I get it. You didn't know whether someone was going to come up the stairs, and I'm going up, by the way, so I have infinite freaking right-of-way. So, uh, anyway, so, yeah, I've done this many times. I'm going down the stairs. I try to go into the passing lane. Why didn't you just say excuse me? Please. I go into the passing lane. Everyone's got their earphones in anyway. Oh, I could sit there and chant at them, and they wouldn't hear a damn thing I'm saying. So I go, I'm going up, and the guy doesn't move. When you do that, what you do is you scoot back into your side temporarily, and then you do it. But you just whatever. That's what life I'm like, nah, I just keep going. And then he doesn't move because he's like, I'm huge. People have to get out of my way. I'm a big man. You know what I mean? And so 
And then I just keep going through. And for people who don't know me, I walk hard. You know what I mean? So, like, I go through this guy. And then he goes back in. About 30 seconds. I'm up on the platform. I'm already, like, you know, rereading the questions for today. He comes back up the platform. To find you? To find me. Oh, my God. To find me. And he, he goes up. And he looks at me. And he's like, hey, what's up? Oh, Jesus. And so, Steve. but here's where I use what Nastasia believes is my superpower. I just, I gave him a smile. This is why Nastasia believes that I have not been killed. Yeah. Is that I can say almost anything to you with a smile on my face. I could talk about your mom. I could do anything I want because I have a smile on my face. Nastasia believes that I can get away with it. Whereas she says she's nice to people, but because she has such a sour puss on. Yeah. People think she's being mean even when she's not intending to be, which is always, she's always intending to be mean. So anyway, so the guy's like, what's up? I'm like, hey, I don't know. What's up? Oh my God. And, and the guy's like, and the guy's like, because he wanted to fight. So he's like, you brushed by me pretty hard. I was like, really? I don't know. I was just going up my side. And he's like, he's like, what? But I was like, I was just going, hey, Sorry, didn't mean to, uh, you know, cause any uh, problems. I was just going on my side of the stairs. He's like, the train wasn't even coming. I was like, I don't know, man. I was just going on my side. <laughs> and he's like, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I'm like, okay. Thanks for the advice. Yeah, thanks. I'm going on my side. Bye now. And he left. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? And I went back to my thing. Like, but that is the superpower, right? Zero aggression. You're like, absolutely... Like, walk hard, plaster through him, know that he was in the wrong, and then zero aggression when he comes to try to start a fight. The confused look on this man's face as he walked back down the stairs because he was not able to hit me was oh, I something I, I will cherish fight. forever. I wish you had gotten in a fight. No! In the 14th Street Station, there was a homeless person running a blender base next to his ear. No, homeless people don't typically have blenders. I know. There was no carafe. Yeah, had a part of a blender. Yeah, it was just the base. Nastasia is like Nastasia once took a picture of oh, God. a homeless man in a wheelchair who had fallen off of his wheelchair on the subway, and it looked like it looked like some sort of candid camera setup. You just see the man had been run over by his own wheelchair, and his feet were sticking out from underneath behind his wheelchair. So I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What happened? You and Nastasia's like, Nastasia's like, well, first I thought maybe Nastasia had run the man over. And then I was like, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. I didn't ask. I was like, what? It's New York. You don't ask. No, no, that's the thing. New York. A man on the subway last night wearing no pants. That you don't questions? ask. No. That you don't ask. But if, a, no. if someone is face down and have been run over by their own wheelchair, you just do this one. Hey, buddy, you okay? <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. Buddy, you all right? And if he goes, then you're like, okay, bye. You know what I mean? But I can't tell you. I've had people like having uh, like severe, like uh, I don't know whether too much you know, drug interactions or whatever. But I've gotten cops for people or lifted people so that they wouldn't fall. You on the love street. doing that stuff. Though. I don't love doing it. It's a human you being. You love pushing God. cars out of snow piles. You. Love I do carrying, love that. <laughs> you love carrying strollers. You love it. I do love that. You love it. I do love that. Uh, so I don't think we've talked since uh, Christmas or New Year's, right? Have we talked since Christmas or New Year's? No. Confirmed. So I, uh, Nastasia, you like this. Um, when I'm cooking with a wood fire, I cheat. I've said this many times. I cheat. I make a large charcoal fire uh, with a chimney starter, and then I build my wood on top of that 
because who the hell has the time to build the get the tinder, get the thing, build the pyramid, meh, meh, meh. Plus, I'm using wet wood because my wood's outside, and it's real moist up in Connecticut right now. Anyway, but inside, Jen likes to start a fire the old-fashioned way with, like, you know, one little scrap of paper and, like, like little things and kindling. So she's like, make me some kindling, Dave. Now, for those of you that have never made your own kindling, the problem with making kindling is you need to temporarily hold the little stick because I'm making sticks that are like, you know, I don't know, like half quarter, like half inch on a side, right? Little sticks. So you got to hold the stick. And by the way, the wood I have is real squirrely. You know what I mean? It's not like straight. I don't have like these like tall straight. Anyway, so you have to take your, your little axe, your little hatchet and go bop and plant it into the already ensmallened stick, right? That can't stand on its own. Right? Really what you need is some sort of tong. And of course, I'm an idiot. I'm inside. I'm not wearing my, my gloves. So I go, bop, and I slip, and the axe goes right into my hand. Mm, I don't see it. I know. Well, so like what happened is I'm like, uh, I get up, and I immediately just put my hand against my shirt. Oh, and later I look back, and the laundry room, which is where I was doing it, like looked like a crime scene. Blood, <laughs> blood everywhere. And so Jen... Uh, I'll make the story short. So Jen is like, we're going to go to the emergency room. It's it's not that wide, but it's real deep. I'm like, no emergency room. So she, so we have Steri strips. So she Steri strips my uh, my hand together, and uh, it's finally just it's but so it, it, she did pregnant. such a good job. My mom looked at it later, and she's like, Jen, you did a good. It's called approximating the wound. Do you know that? It's called approximating the wound. So she's perfect. My hand looks like uh, looks like nothing ever happened. It's amazing. Switch careers. So I know. Well, she's gonna learn how to do suturing, I think, so that in the future. Because the problem with the steri strips is you have to be a little more careful of your body while it's healing, because the sutures will hold it together That's even not- while you're still working. Whereas when you're, when if you like, with the steri strips, if you if you bat, bop, okay. if you hit, like it'll pop open again. Anyways, so uh, I bought a new piece of equipment that I'm super psyched to use called the kindling cracker. So for those of you that need to make a lot of kindling, take a look at the kindling cracker. It is a very well-designed piece of equipment. And now I will be able to make kindling all day long safely without having to wear my normal gloves. I could have just worn gloves, but you know what? Kindling cracker. Uh, what else? Ooh, I made some good Christmas cookies. Did you make any good Christmas cookies? No. Every year, uh, my family joins up with the uh, Hartray Verona family, and we make Christmas cookies together. And I make Christmas cookies from my family background. So we have a recipe that we've been making for, I don't know how many generations, like five. It, the recipe is so old that it calls for clabbered milk no. because it's like pre-refrigeration recipe uh, for these like kind of chocolate bonbons. But then uh, the Ver- Verona Hartray family makes these like amazing Southern Italian cookies that are based on hatred i love them it's like you ever heard of mustacholi yeah yeah so the most real mustacholi is like hard like a rock it's the it's you hate the first three that you have but then afterwards you crave them kind of like kind of like working with us you know what i mean (laughs) and so it's, it's it's basically just flour with barely enough honey to make the sucker stick together so they're making mustacholi and bonbons anyways Nobody cares about Christmas nobody cares, anymore. Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody minds. Nobody cares. Pathetic. Uh, all right. We had a question in from Rodney. In no, we'll go to the first one. We'll get, all right. Well, I already said Rodney. We're going to do both. Yeah, we have a question in from Rodney uh, in Amsterdam. And I uh, love the show. been listening. I have a question on the preparation. And I'm, he used these words, which I don't even know are real. But uh, for Nastasia's sake, pulpus and liquiform products. 
Nastasia does have the face on. I want to drink my vegetables instead of eating them, but I have two requirements. I don't want to get rid of the pulp, so juicing is not really an option. Well, there goes selling a Spinzol. <laughs> Actually, Spinzol is good uh, for this in one, se- in one sense, which I'll get to in a minute, but I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you on it because, frankly, I don't own any of them right now. Yes. <laughs> I'm pounding our incompetence. Dude, when we were trying to make the Spinzols, we're like, okay, we need more, and they're like, yeah, no. And we're like, what? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, why? I, 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 it's because they couldn't see your smile when you asked. Yeah. If, you, if they could have seen your smile, you would have had them. I would have had them by now. Oh, my God. I get so... First of all, for those of you that don't know me, when I'm in a meeting, I'm 0, 0, 0, 0, 100. You know what I mean? You see me do this, Nastasia, yes. right? It's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm not fine. And nothing makes me... Like, when you, when you go to factory meetings... Especially overseas, everyone knows that you're only there for a fixed amount of time. So one of the things that people like to do, because they know that you can't come day after day after day after day, is just put you in a room and stall you out for the entire time that you're there. And this is a tactic that causes me to freaking explode. So if you really want to see, you think that the rants I go on here, like, (laughs) get me into a windowless room in a factory we're going together for the first time. No, oh, yeah, Nastasia is going to have the pleasure of sitting in said windowless room. Yeah, I might lose it. Bring a recorder. Bring a recorder. Oh my god. We should do it from there. When you're sitting in a factory and someone tells you that they haven't ordered the product that you asked them to order a year ago or that they're not going to make this tiny change that they don't even understand that actually makes the product a whole lot better for your end user or that you haven't approved something, that you have 13 emails all in a row that say you've approved it. This is when you realize what the limits of your uh, capability to retain your cool are. And I don't know if, for those of you that are younger, you're supposed to get more patient as you get older, right? It's not really true, at least in my case. In my case, what has happened is when I was younger, I worked on my own like in the, in the arts, when I was in art school. So all of my successes, all my failures, they were my fault. You know what I mean? Or, Wait, you went to Tesla? Yeah, I'll talk about it later. So or we can talk about it on air. Dax really wants a Tesla. So we're sitting there. Nastasia loves Tesla. Anyway, I have one. Waiting. She's, she, she has one. She has one like I have, uh, no, you know, I, I have a purchased. casket picked out. I'm not in it yet. <laughs> it. <laughs> but like, uh, so... <laughs> So, uh, oh my God. I don't, I don't really, they're going to burn me up. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't even forget, you didn't forget what I was talking about. Saying? Uh, anyway, so my point is, is that like. a horrible accident in her Tesla? Uh, uh, there, you know, a guy no. was in a Tesla recently and an airplane crashed into it. That. Just stop. That's a true story. An airplane, a, a DEA airplane, single engine Cessna on a training mission, attempted an emergency landing on a road in Georgia and smashed directly into someone's Model X. And did the guy live? The guy was fine. And the, the plane got effed up. Yeah. The, 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 te- the Tesla was the fine. And me, Elon Musk tweets the guy back, is like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> love, love, love him. Yeah. Anyways, so like, I, I'm less patient now because uh, I'm always at a fine simmer. It's like when I was younger, my pot got cool. Now my pot's never cool. Right. I'm always just at a simmer 
So when you turn up the heat, and and I, you know, I use very high grade induction to heat myself. So it's like the heat is instantaneous. You know what I mean? I gotta mellow out. I gotta mellow out. Anyway, I can get you there in like a split second. And you know what, Nastasia has taken I don't know how many years off my life because really the only thing she enjoys in life besides the Bachelor is (laughs) seeing me get angry for no reason. Yeah, it's true. Back to Rodney. I want to drink my vegetables instead of eating them. I don't want to get rid of the pulp, and I don't want to add liquid. Most vegetables already contain greater than 85%. Man, that's a misnomer, 85, whatever. Contain uh, greater than 85% water, which should be plenty. Can I use pectinase with vegetables in a blender to get something easily drinkable? Could you provide some general guidelines on what enzymes to use with different kinds of vegetables, starch content, age, etc.? I will try those and report back. Happy holidays. Stuff your faces with delicious food and drink. Rodney from Amsterdam. I did, in fact, do that. Um, I did stuff my face. Um, so, look. Uh, there's there's a several things in, in veggies that you're going to need to break down. There's starches. To a lesser extent, there's things like inulin and Jerusalem artichokes. But, you know, anyway, we'll get, we won't get even get into Jerusalem artichokes, right? So, to break down... Uh, amylose. So let's say you were a, a, you, a brewer or a, uh, well, more, more accurately, a distiller, right? It used to be that they would do old school starch uh, conversion, but now they just do it all with enzymes. But typically you go through a multi-step process. So you, you chum the stuff up, uh, you cook it with an enzyme that's specifically meant to liquefy it, right? So you want like a liquefaction enzyme. They then add a what's called a you know a, a saccharification enzyme, which are slightly different enzymes, that then breaks those uh, gelatinized starches down into sugars so that they can ferment them. That's not what you want to do. You just want to do some light liquefaction uh, on the starch so that it doesn't have the textural problems. But those enzymes, I've tried using them cold. They don't really work. They can't really attach, uh, attack the starch granules until there's some temperature on them. So they're going to require some temperature if that's a problem or not. The second thing you're going to want to break down is kind of the, the pectin uh, and hemicellulose structure, right? And for that, Pectin X Ultra SPL or uh, Pectin X uh, XXL, which is their non-GMO, sorry, their GMO version of it. Uh, which I think I'm going to switch to because it's cheaper and I think it works better and I don't really care whether it's GMO or not. You know okay. what I mean? What do you think? You don't care. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. As long as I don't have to do uh, agar clarification no more, I don't True. care what the hell you do. Um, so the pectin enzymes work at a lower... Pectinase enzymes, I should say, uh, work at... A, don't need cooking. So that's kind of an advantage. So you can do a combination of them. If something has a high starch content then, you know, you might want to heat it with some sacrification, uh, sorry, with some liquefaction enzymes, which you can get from Novozymes. Uh, we don't use Guzmer anymore. I forget the name of the new company we use. Um, <clears throat> but I'll try to post some. You could probably use some brewing enzymes, although I haven't tested them. Then hit it with, uh, hit it with some Pectinex and, and go. Uh, fruits or veg that don't have a lot of starch in them you can just liquefy quite well with, and this is like peppers, tomatoes, whatever. You can just hit them with the with the pectinex, and that will that will smooth them out quite nicely. Now the the thing you can't really break down with any of this is uh, lignin and cellulose. So you can't get rid of like the strings in uh, celery. So those you have to chop finely before you put them into your into your blender so that they 
they blend properly um, or whatever kind of technique you're using to, to get the juice out of it. But if you do add a little more water and you do have a centrifuge, which I know you don't want to do this, you, what you can do is on like a sweet potato uh, or anything like that, you can blend it real hard, uh, do a slight cook, like sacrifice, blend it real hard with a little extra water. The water, if you're blending stuff that's thick, it's hard to get very fine particle size because you don't get a lot of churning and you kind of kind of get lumps in it. Um, if you add a little more water and then spin that water out, the resulting texture is freaking crazy. And then you can resuspend it in water if you want and just drink the water. I don't know, whatever. But I made the world's best baby, not the world's best, the world's best that I have tasted baby food uh, using uh, Pectinex Ultra SPL, some starch enzymes, uh, some starch, um, uh, some amylases, and uh, the spinzol. And then I drank the, the wa- extra water separately, but whatever. I don't know. Nastasia hates drinking vegetables, true or false? What? 100 Bogart has made much progress over the past year since their grand opening. They are a growing community of professional freelancers, entrepreneurs, and startups. Their dedicated team guarantees you receive a productive and worry-free work environment. 100 Bogart is currently filling up their two-person to 12-person private offices. The spacious pop-up gallery, premier rooftop, and brand new full floor with terrace are available for your next event. Podcast rooms, conference rooms, and meeting spaces are also available for booking. 100 Bogart hosts events like art exhibitions, pop-up stores, product launches, and fashion shows. Heritage Radio Network is a proud member of the 100 Bogart community and often holds events in the building. Visit 100bogart.com to schedule a tour and learn more. Now we have a question in. This is a two-year-old question, people. It's fine, fine network, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Matt found this on the old... uh, Way back in the voicemail. She's like... Man's like, you know what? It's a new year. Maybe I'll listen to my voicemail. Hey, man. So, so the voicemail, for almost the entire time that I've been here, the voicemail machine was full. So technically, no new messages came in while I was here. Strong. Yeah. Strong. All right, so let's hear it. Hey, a question for Dave on cooking issues. Seth Godin calling from Hastings on Hudson. Uh, you mentioned doses, which got me really excited because uh, I've been experimenting with doses without as much success as I'd like. Here's my problem. I can't get them to be crispy like they are at the restaurant. I've tried store-bought batter, plus I make my own batter from scratch, and I have a cast iron tava and the other kind of tava, and I've tried different temperatures. What's the secret? I'll wait for the cookbook if I have to, but Dave, if you've got any dosa insights, I'd love to hear them. Thanks. I love Seth Godin. I think he's genius. So yeah. I'm so happy he listens to yeah, our show. Yeah, yeah. If, if he still listens to our show. <laughs> Well, on behalf of my predecessors, sorry, Seth. <laughs> so I've got some good news and some bad news, Seth. The good news is I, well, I got some bad news, basically. If this question had come to me two years ago when I was doing kind of heavy research on Idli batter, right, I'd have a lot more knowledge. Um, you know, there's, it's a big difference between just have having made a bunch of stuff and having made a bunch of stuff a long time ago, Right. So I apologize that I'm a little bit uh, rusty on this. And also, uh, there's been actually some research on this subject since I was investigating it. And the other thing I'll have to preface with is 
saying, um, I, I, I was focused, even though Italy, even though dosa batter and idli batter uh, are often similar and people use the same batters for, for both, I was doing tests almost exclusively with uh, idlis and very little work with uh, doses. Now, I'll just knock out the secrets that other people Wait, have. no. How about he, don't give him the secrets and he has to come have lunch with us instead. And... I'm not going to make that. Well, okay. So, like, uh, in, you know, one of the better doses that you can... I've never been... I've never been to India, any part of India. Definitely never been to the South. But, you know, one of the better doses I've had in uh, New York City is at Ganesh Temple out in Queens. And I was chatting with their... Uh, what do you call? What do you call a dosa maker? I wonder, a dosant, <laughs> a docent. Uh, anyway, so like there, I was talking to their dosa maker, and he was telling me that you know their secret, which is a lot of people's secret to crispiness, is adding um, some chickpea, uh, chana uh, dal to it. So for those of you that don't know dosa, it's like a, it's like a Indian crepe. Typically, like the standard kind of style is, you take. Uh, uh, black gram or odd doll, right? You get its skin, so it doesn't have the black on it. I've made batter with the skin still on it without, and with the skins gives it kind of a gray, unappealing color, and I don't really think it helps it. So buy the ones that have the, the um, don't buy sp- split or broken ones, but whole ones that have the black, uh, the skin taken off of them. So it's kind of confusing. You're like, I thought I was buying black gram and it's white looking, it's creamy, because they took the outside off. Um, the second uh, component is rice. More on that in a minute. And the third component typically is fenugreek. So classically, you soak, you could soak the fenugreek, the fenugreek seeds, by the way, aside from providing uh, flavor, fenugreek also has um, like hydrocolloid-like properties and can affect uh, the fermentation, right? So, uh, you know, you don't need it, but it's kind of helpful. It's there for a reason. Nastasia hates this conversation so much, she's walking out the door. Swear to Christ. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, maybe she has to use the restroom or something. I don't know. So, uh, you soak the dal and the rice separately, and then you grind uh, the rice uh, separately, you grind the fenugreek with the with the dal. You mix them together. You ferment them, and there you go. So now, what are the things? What are the different things? The ratio of rice to to dal to uh, ura dal is a big thing. Um, I typically am, you know, of the four to one to between four to one and three to one on rice to to dal. Right. Secondly, is the technique that you're going to make them, whether you use a blender or uh, a mixie or a wet grinder. I'm fortunate enough to have a, a wet grinder. And everyone, and I agree with this, grinds the rice and the dal separately because they really want to have different textures and they want to grind for different lengths of time to reach the right texture, right? Third, you uh, m- mix them together and there's the fermentation time. Fermentation time... There's a lot of work on the fermentation time. In the, in the ferment, a lot of things are happening. One, you're creating – it's mainly a lacto, uh, lactobacillus uh, thing, but there's other bacteria and yeast in there as well. Um, but aside from leavening, you're breaking down starches, um, therefore creating more free sugars. That's going to increase crispiness. Um, there are lots going on. So the texture and flavor – your pH is going down. The texture and flavor of the dosa uh, requires a nice fermentation time. Now – Typically, a lot of people who ferment in colder weather, like you live near me, uh, so will kind of try to put their 
their product into a kind of south of India kind of temperature to get the fermentation time uh, short. Um, anyway, oh, also a little salt, which inhibits uh, kind of bad, bad bacteria. But back to the important question we haven't chosen is the rice. So if you add a little bit of chickpea, grind it with the dal, that's going to increase what other, some people call crispiness. But one person's crispy is another person's hard. I've noticed recently, if you do a bunch of frying testing, which I have done a lot, People have different concepts of what crispy means. Like we all think that if I say crispy and you say crispy, that crispy means the same thing. And it really doesn't. So like some people think cornmeal batter is crispy. I think cornmeal batter is hard. You know what I'm saying, Nastasia? Do you like cornmeal batter? No. Why? It's hard. Okay. Uh, But some people think it's kind of crispy. Same thing if you have too much chickpea. I like chickpea flour for battering, but too much chickpea flour takes it from being crisp to being kind of hard. You know what I mean? Anyway, so add that if you want. The person who wrote the Dosa article in Serious Eats didn't seem to think that the chickpea helped, but again, I wasn't there during testing, so I don't know if I agree with the way they tested uh, the rice is a big component in it. If you really want to do it, it's expensive and it's hard to source. But I would use, and you don't have to, because even in India, they use many different kinds of rice. I would try idli rice. So idli rice is a parboiled, uh, like medium grain rice that's specifically made for idli flours, but it also works very well for doses. The parboiling is going to affect uh, the texture, as is the variety of rice and the exact uh, amylosa millipectin breakdown it has. So give that a shot. Dave, remember when you were, what were you breaking down at the FCI and they were giving a tour and it was like a, it was like, what was it? What? Was it a possum or something? And then... Raccoon. Oh, raccoon. And then the tour guide, the person on tour was like, what is he? What is he making? And then the tour guide said, "What?" He's like, "A baby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> you know, for people who don't like uh, don't cook a lot of meat. Like when you're cooking small mammals, they look kind of like, yeah. That was maybe the worst, right? Yeah. The raccoon tasted freaking terrible. Am I right? We bought a bunch of exotic animals right yeah from that guy that we won't buy from anymore because we found out he went to jail and he was like you know he was doing like really really terrible stuff uh man anyway well hopefully those uh hopefully those dosa tricks out i had some other cooking stuff i really wanted to talk about but i can't remember what it oh by the way here's a question for i want you guys to ponder because they're going to kick us off the air pretty soon so do you think that knowing how to fix things is a blessing or a curse? I think for me it's a curse. Yeah. It's a curse. You know what? If I had just spent more time making money and less time fixing things or building things, where would I be? I, who knows where I would be? I would definitely be cruising around in my, in my P100X Tesla. Yeah. I'm not gonna, Dax is like, Dad, we're buying a Tesla. We're buying a Tesla, seven-seat Tesla. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe. Do it. Just they're, get the three. They're going to... Re- no. I have two kids, two dogs. They're going to release the cheap SUV next year. But anyway, when we bought the, when we moved into our new apartment, we did the plunge and we got the Bosch, the fancy Bosch dishwasher that's real quiet. And for those of you that don't, for those of you that only have 20-year-old dishwashers, which is the way I've lived the majority of my life, you know, oh, you have a dishwasher? It must, must be, be nice. Uh, then Nastasia and I do that all the time. Oh, dude, getting off at 11 p.m. half day must be nice. <laughs> so stupid. Like, this culture that we have of 
working so much that you die and belittling people who don't work as much is so toxic. Anyway, um, so my fancy Bosch dishwasher springs a leak and there's like water all over everywhere. And I was like, you know, I know that if I paid someone to fix that, that's like a $400 problem off of an $800 dishwasher, $900 dishwasher. And I was like, man, if I was just rich, I would just pay someone to come do it. I would stay in a freaking hotel till it's fixed. Who cares? But I was like, in two years, two years. Oh, fix it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I got to get on my back, pull the dishwasher out. So what do you guys think? Blessing, curse, blessing, curse. And I tell you what, I feel personally... Like, if I didn't know how to fix things, I would feel not like a whole human being. Remember when the core container fell behind your fridge drawer or your freezer drawer and you couldn't get the core container, Uh, but you couldn't close the drawer? And I was like, what are you going to do? And you were like, you got to buy a new fridge. (laughs) I mean, who who hasn't had some terrible thing happen and you're like, I'm going to burn it down and start fresh. You know what I mean? We were at the bar the other day. I've never seen this. We were at the bar the other day. And uh, and someone, they had just shown up. They hadn't even started, like, really drinking at our bar yet, right? But they ordered a bunch of food, pounded it, got up. We have two bathrooms. The doors were closed because people were in them. And we, made, we have the air. There's no place for us to put a trash can outside of our bathroom, right? So this guy just starts unholy puking in our, in our bathroom vestibule, but not, like, Okay, I'm better now. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, 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 exorcist. And like, and and Jack was like, Jack was like, did the guy eat a pot of clam chowder? It's so white. What is this? Oh, that's so disgusting. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I was so traumatized. I had no idea. I had no idea even what to do. I was like, <laughs> and so like and so Jerry, who's our runner buzzer for the night, looks at me, he's like, Hey, don't sweat it, I work at Equinox, I see this every day. And then like he starts cleaning it up oh. and I just stand there, I'm giving you the uh the Superman pose. The I just bouncer, stand there, yeah. the bouncer pose, like standing in front of it, people come to the bathroom and like, No. <laughs> <laughs> he cleans that whole thing out. And and I didn't realize till later that guy went in like the kitchen heard it happening, ran out with a fish tub. Gave the guy a fish tub, and the guy was the guy had somehow had more stuff inside. This this guy puked his body weight at my bar. Wow. Anyways, um, That's so it. anyway, so having Jerry with you, see, that was a situation where I was at. A, very rarely am I like, I don't know what to do. I might just burn this whole place down and walk away. <laughs> and that's when you need someone with you who can just take care of business, cooking issues. <laughs> listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.